0: Just kind of consider, you know, slurry should, you know, should be treated like chemical fertilizer. You know, would you go out whenever you decide to spread your slurry and lash out a heap of chemical fertilizer earlier in the year? You probably wouldn't because of the price of it. the same too should be taken into consideration with slurry. So obviously, you know, if you have the contractor in, just consider, you know, maybe drop the tank three or four feet. Give yourself a bit of uh, capacity to get cattle out the grass and maybe then spread slurry kind of later in the season again.
1: Hello and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan, and on this week's episode, I'm joined by Chagas cattle specialist Niall Kearns to get an update on the nutrient management legislation and developing a nutrient management plan for your farm. Niall, you're very welcome. The Nitrates Action Programme underwent a number of changes last year, with stronger measures introduced for protection of water quality. What were the main changes, Niall?
0: I suppose the main change that have come to play, you know, that affect dry stock farmers that might be seen here um, in relation to tonight's nice regulation would be that every farmer, you know, every farmer in the country ideally should have a nutrient management plan, but in particular those farmers that are up are greater than 130 kgs of organic nitrogen per hectare. So those farmers that are stocked higher than 130 kgs of organic nitrogen per hectare need to have a nutrient management plan. And if they don't, I suppose, if essentially what it means is you don't have a phosphorus allowance and a lot of fertilisers on dry stock farms, you know, that are purchased on a yearly basis would have some level of phosphorus in them. So, you know, if you don't have if you don't have soil samples in place or a nutrient management plan in place, you could very well be exceeding the limits with realizing it. I suppose the next thing, really, you know, is in relation to the 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 fertiliser open dates and closed periods or whatever. So, I suppose in terms of chemical fertiliser, the bag fertiliser that's bought on farms, you know, depending what zone you're in in the country, whether it is zone A, B, or C. For those farmers that are in zone A, from the 26th of January onwards, they can spread fertiliser. For zone B, from the 29th of January onwards, they can spread chemical fertiliser. And lastly, in, in zone C, they can spread chemical fertiliser from the 14th of February. And obviously, those dates have changed from maybe a couple of years back when primarily it was kind of, middle of from mid-January onwards, they could spread chemical fertiliser. So they have been pushed back, Um, you know, a duration of time, I suppose, again, depending on what part of the country you're farming in. And the same thing, I suppose, on the other side, you know, this time of the year slurry is a big um, I suppose is is, is is a big job in farms. And again, you look at there is dates to bear in mind. So for farmers in zone A, um, they can spread slurry from the thirteenth of January onwards for zone B it's the sixteenth of January onwards. And lastly, then for zone C, they can spread slurry from the first of February. So it's very, very important, depending on what part of the country you're farming in, that you I suppose you know, you 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 make yourself aware, I suppose, in terms of what zone you're farming in, and stick to those uh those deadlines and those criteria because you know you could catch yourself out if you happen to be spreading slurry or spreading chemical fertilizer um and you and, and, and the zone is still closed in, 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 in your area. So I suppose they are kind of the main things, um, catching that are affecting dry stock farmers Um, there is I suppose other measures that will be affecting more dairy farmers than dry stock farmers. And I suppose I say to, to reiterate, the big thing really is, is is to having soil samples in place. And for those farmers that are stock raised in 130 kgs of organic nitrogen per hectare in twenty twenty four, all slurry on their farms needs to be spread by low emission spread uh, low emission spreading uh, low emission slurry spreading equipment. I don't think that one. All slurry on their farms needs to be spread through less um, in twenty twenty four. Um so so it does.
1: And you mentioned there the importance of the having the soil samples for farmers that are interested in taking soil samples and maybe need to update theirs. How do they go about taking soil samples?
0: Yeah, so I suppose look at a soil sample really is um is is a sample taken on on, on about ten acres of land. Okay, and it's fell out for four years so how you go to take it you know either A you, get, you might get your advisor to organise a soil sample call out show when they're in your area or B you go and soil sample it yourself so as, as I say it's valid for four years so if there were soil samples taken the last you know two or three years or back as far as four years you could get your nutrient management plan updated to identify what your nitrogen and phosphorus limits might be look soil sampling is cheap um, it works out about 15 cent an acre and you kind of divide it across three or four years and as I say for 10 acres it's not a whole lot but I suppose a big thing really you know no matter what size of a farmer you are whether you're heavily stocked or lowly stocked you need to know your nitrogen and your phosphorus limits um, because you know there is limits there and I suppose again as I said earlier on if, if you are buying in fertilizer you know primarily on, on dry stock farmers they are buying in some level of nitrogen and phosphorus in chemical form and you could very well be exceed your limits without having a soil sample or without having a nutrient management plan in place so it is important to um, to find out where you are and get soil samples taken before slurry is spread this time year is ideal for taking soil samples because land might never, see shouldn't have any, really, I suppose, shouldn't have received any um, chemical fertilizer or slurry for the last three or four months. And just before slurry season kicks off, uh, it's a good time to, to identify what way your P and K levels are um, going into the 2024 season. And again, you know, there can be savings made on farms based on these soil test results will say, if, for example, if fields come back very high in phosphorus and potassium and fields that are very low, there might be options to, you know, to move slurries around within the farm and try to apply it in fields that need it more compared to others. Uh, I suppose from there then, you know, what would a soil sample tell you? It'll also tell you your pH or your lime requirement on farms. And I suppose traditionally on dry stock farms, really Catherine, I suppose, in terms of soil fertility, kind of nationally on dry stock farms, you know, between fifty to sixty percent of farms across the country are suboptimal for pH, which basically means they're lacking lime. Okay, um, for phosphorus levels then on these dry stock farms, again, it's something similar, kind of between fifty to sixty percent of farms are at index one or index two for phosphorus, and it's a similar enough trend in for potassium. You know, roughly speaking, about fifty percent farmers are at index one and index two for 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 potassium, so they are suboptimal for soil fertility, and I suppose the essence really is, you know be it you know, on, on dry stock farms, grazing is taking place and silage harvest is going to take place later late in the season. Now I know weather has a huge impact on grass growth but so too does soil fertility they nearly go hand in hand and we often hear catching I suppose on the ground talking to farmers you know that grass growth is back soil yield is back but fundamentally fundamentally, putting weather aside soil fertility you know it plays a huge issue it plays a huge role on these farms and it is important you know to establish what way you are and make improvements on your farm going forward you know especially if you are seeing soil yield suffering or grass growth suffering um, as a result so I suppose that's that's really kind of where we are um, at the moment Catherine.
1: and you mentioned there and really about maximizing the nutrients within slurry how can farmers best maximize the value of the slurry nutrients
0: yeah so i suppose you know first of all to establish what's in slurry um, take a slurry test result could be beneficial okay and like realistically speaking you know within a, take a taking a sample of slurry that's out of shade A within the yard Traditionally speaking, the same shade is used year in, year out. We'll say whether it was for finishing cattle or whether it was for suckler cows, for example. So if you've got a kind of an accurate representation of these sheds or the or, or specific sheds within the yard, you can take the dim, dim, dim results are kind of accurate from you know for the next couple of years if the, if it's the same um you know, if the same suppose, group of stock inside the shed year in, year out. So just for example, for a slurry test result there from a future bee farmer um who's working with Chag as a suckler farmer, a slurry test result they are seen there recently. You you know for a thousand gallons of slurry, what's what, what is in a thousand gallons of slurry in terms of nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium? And roughly speaking, you know, if this slurry is put out in the springtime through low emission slurry spreading uh, equipment, you're looking at about nine units of, of, of nitrogen per, per thousand gallons, about six units of, of, of phosphorus, and about 27 units of potassium. So that's the nutrient component that could potentially be in cat the slurry. But it would be a good job to or a good idea, you know, to test your slurry and see what's in it, um, and go from there. And most labs that you find around the country that are testing soil might also be able to test slurry for you. You know, I suppose what feels the target. And really, you know, I suppose silage ground predominantly has a massive uh, requirement for phosphorus and potassium compared to grazing ground, because in grazing ground you will have a bit of um, um, a bit of nutrient recycling going on, because obviously the cattle are grazing they're going to be dung, you know, they're going to be dunging or urining you know, within the and they're going to be recycling some of the nutrients that are taken that that, that, that that might potentially be taken off. But silage ground has a massive demand um, for phosphorus and potassium. And what we often see when sil- when soil samples are taken, the silage ground sometimes could be the index one, index two, um, sure, simply because sometimes the nutrients that are taken off aren't being replaced. Um, and I suppose in previous years, I would have seen myself, you know, dealing with farmers where in the grazing block, it might have been, you know, index three, index two, index three, and, you know, and in a specific year when they take soil samples, it might have dropped back to index one. And more often than that, that sometimes can result in, in in silage being taken off and the slurry not going back out to replace the nutrients you take off. So, you know, I suppose I, t- I target the silage ground and I'd also obviously target ground, you know, that might be at index one, index two, kind of across the farm. And, you know, this time of the year. You know, we, you know, we spoke about the open period there and when you can spread slurry and stuff. This time of the year, tanks are going to be full on farms, which is kind of obvious, you know, especially if animals have been housed since last October, or September, depending where it is. Just kind of consider, you know, slurry should, you know, should be treated like chemical fertilizer. You know, would you go out whenever you decide to spread your slurry and lash out a heap of chemical fertilizer earlier in the year? You probably wouldn't because of the price of it. And the CM2 should be taken into consideration with slurry. We discussed there the nutrient component of slurry, you know, what it has in terms of in P and Q. So obviously, you know, if you have the contractor in, just consider, you know, maybe just take out, I don't know, drop the tank. Three or four feet, give yourself a bit of uh, capacity to get cattle out the grass and maybe then spread slurry kind of later in the season again. And new slurry wisely, I suppose, would be would be um, would, would 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 be the preferred option um, around this time of the year. And I suppose kind of, you know, we should kind of come away from the idea of the contractors coming. You know, I should empty every tank that's in the yard um, and get value for money. Yes, you probably will get value for money, and get your slurry empty, But you know, are you putting out and after the slurry, excess slurry on ground? You know, that potentially might be able to take it because of poor grass growth or, or that kind of thing this time of the year. So I'd just be a word of caution on that, you know, maybe it's going kind to of reduce the amount of slurry spread. Obviously, slurry needs to be spread to make room for the rest of the house period. But, um, you know, you, usually kind of sparingly would be, would be the preferred option.
1: Most definitely there is great value in the slurry nile for sure and farmers have seen a very dramatic increase in the price of fertiliser over the past number of years. What prices are expected in the coming year for a chemical fertiliser? So it's
0: kind of, I suppose, kind of crystal ball stuff but I suppose kind of recently there, um, I was doing a bit of work just kind of inquiring from merchants about the price of fertiliser. Look, it has slipped back a good bit from, you know, January of last year to January of this year like and somewhere we kind of, you know, the eighteen six twelves are. are the 27, 2.5, uh, 5, 24, 2.5, 10 are kind of you maybe the main fertilizers used in dry stock farms. And they're kind of, you know, retailing in around 500 a ton, maybe up to about 530, 540 ton, kind of give or take, depending on what part of the country you're in nitrogen has come back a bit all right you know you're looking at sort of the protected areas kind of retailing in around 560, 570 tonne you know the standard area back about 500 tonne so look, I suppose it has come back which is obviously a positive thing you know from the beef perspective because you know fertilizer is a big bill on farms but it's still a long shot off going back you know for a couple of years ago maybe pre-pandemic times when fertilizer was a good bit cheaper than what it was even today so that's why it kind of emphasizes my point you know to to, to use slurry to your advantage you know again, if you take soil test results and it indicates that you have a lot of, you don't have, you know, you have a high phosphorus um, index reading on your farm, you mightn't have an allowance to purchase in the likes of the 18612 on your holding. So then the only source of nutrient or the only source of phosphorus that might be available to you is through your your, through your slurry. Like, you know, so just use it wisely and, 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 and try and get good use out of it. And I suppose, you know, just before we move on a bit from the slurry, you know, I suppose on spring calving, suckler herds, the grazing block around the sheds or whatever you know it might be the dry piece of ground this time of the year and you might be kind of a tendency to get a lot of slurry to, to relieve pressure on tanks if a lot of slurry goes out in grazing ground in the springtime and you might be letting you know freshly calved cows out the grass and Going to matter whenever it's going to be a lot of slurry, a ground that has received a lot of slurry obviously has a lot of potassium in it and that high potassium level in ground can cause grass technique especially in fresh cavers so just bear that in mind as well you know that you know just maybe turn down the dial of the slurry and 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 that kind of thing when you are looking at putting out slurry on, on the grazing block
1: most definitely Niall it's something to be aware of and finally you mentioned there about the stocking rate of 130 kilos of nitrogen per hectare how do farmers find out what their stocking rate level is are they at the stocking rate or above or below the 130 kilos that you mentioned?
0: Yeah, I suppose there's a few different ways you can you 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 can check it. Um, I suppose, you know, sometimes there in your nutrient management plan, your advisor would have put in your stocking levels that are on your farm, be it suckler cows, not the ones of whatever the case would be. And that will give you a planned projection of what your stocking rate is going to be for 2024. Alternatively, then, you know, you can log on to your ag food account. If most farmers would have an egg food account at this stage. And you look for the nitrogen and phosphorus statement. Now, usually these are, you know, they're, they're, they're historic. So it's based on, 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 on last year, previous couple of months um stock numbers. And that will tell you your, your organic nitrogen per hectare, we'll say, you know, on on, on 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 your farm. But it's only for bovine. So, for example, if you're a farmer there and you look up your results and it's coming in at 120 kgs of organic nitrogen per hectare, and You have also got a, an enterprise where you have 50 or 60 euros, for example. You could very well be gone over the 130 kgs of organic nitrogen per hectare by having you know a few different enterprises on your holding. So just bear that in mind when you do look up the nitrogen and phosphorus statement on your egg food account, it's only for bovine, only, not any other um, enterprise that might be on the farm. So, and again, obviously, you could talk to your local advisor as well who would um, help you out on how to figure out what your nitrogen is, your nitrogen limit is, and, uh, and where you sit for the, for, the, for the coming season.
1: Thanks very much, Nile. That's great advice and really the first step will be taking soil samples in the coming weeks before slurry is applied.
0: Absolutely yeah this is the time of the year to be looking at them things now, and I suppose maybe you know it's, it's, it's important as well just to reiterate in farmers that might be involved in acres um, as well it's, it's mandatory that they take soil samples so you know this is the time of the year to be getting on that bang wagon you now and getting that job done before the season progresses into calving or, or slurry season which is just around the corner on most farms.
1: That's great thanks very much Niall. Thanks Catherine. That's all for this week's episode and my thanks to Niall for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef program, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.